Lewis. Look at the figure. Look at the turn. Oh, that was brilliant, Luke Bruce. Lewis runs into the open goal. Thank you very much. The Hawks are back in town. And he finishes on. He carried his fourth. He's had a day out. Scrimshaw, half the seas, went for home and nails it. We'll just set it up, looking for the high flyers. And Sidney! G'day Hawks fans, it's a huge edition of the Hawk Talk podcast. The battle for the board is very much heating up. Members are about to have their say to determine not only the next president of the Hawthorne Football Club, but which three candidates make the board. This episode features our chat with one of them, James Molino. And we cover all the big talking points right here in a very interesting and insightful half hour. My name is Nick Mason and welcome as always to my co-host, G'day Tiz. Yeah, and in keeping with Victoria on the move, uh, James is driving throughout the episode. <laughs> that is genuinely one of your best. Thank you. <laughs> We've done this for about six years and that was bloody good. Uh, yeah, James is indeed on the move uh, and occasionally there, there might be a couple of audio hiccups, but I hope it's enjoyable and insightful nevertheless. Uh, I, I certainly found it very interesting and engaging. Yes, uh, he just left a meeting with Ian Dicker in which he got the endorsement um, of his for the for the board campaign. That's a huge tick. A huge tick indeed. It's a big news day in general. You, you can hear that we talk a little bit about the Dingley announcement as well. So, uh, look, what, we don't need to big it up anymore. Let's just get on with it. Please enjoy our chat with James Molina. We are delighted here on the Hawk Talk podcast to have former Deputy Premier and Hawthorne board candidate James Molino on the line. G'day, James, and thank you so much for joining us. Could you give us some insight into your own personal experience of a call to action here? Why are you running for the board? I'm, I'm running for for a few reasons, and I've said this a few times um, over the over the last few years. There's been just a few red flags, you know, for me as a as a member and, and supporter of the club. Um, the first one's uh, player related, and 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 uh, and how that how that raises concerns with me around. Uh, culture, First Nations, players and families. So Sira Rioli leaving the club, you know, beloved player, doesn't want to have anything to do with the place um, and culminating in the most recent reports, which are pretty horrifying, um, that's subject to an AFL independent investigation now. So there's sort of those red flags in regards to players and culture and support for um, our Indigenous players and their families. And then the, the second set of red flags is um, the disconnect with members. That, that's what I've observed over, over recent years. Um, you know, the issues around governance, the fact that, you know, I had no idea that there was a close of nominations until I was told, and it was 5pm the next day, um, that the chair of the nominations committee for presidency becoming... Um, Jeff Kennett's nominee for president. You know, those sorts of things point to a club that is that is quite insular and and almost almost fearful of its um, of its membership base. And I I I got involved. I've been a member for 29 years. Um, loved the club my whole life. Um, I got really involved in uh, the period around the merger and the merger fight. And uh, 
and in the years following when we had the campaign to try and save Waverley Park for AFL games. And I was really, I was involved with Ian Dicker, I was a member of a council. Um, we gathered together, we lobbied the government, we lobbied the AFL. But I distinctly remember what a, what a member-focused club it was, and it was quite incredible. You had volunteers um, drumming up memberships, you had volunteers working at the club, um, people donating. It was, it was a mass a mass movement of people supporting the club. And I just think we've gone so far away from that. Um, and the, 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 the key thing I'd love to see in the club is that we connect back to its members. You mentioned Ian Dicker there, uh, a great Hawthorne man. We, uh, we note Hawksford Change have reported you've received his endorsement for the board today. Yeah, I'm really, I'm really proud about that. Um, Ian's an absolute hero of this club, and um, I was really proud that he um, he nominated me um, for for the role as a director on the board. Um, but he's also indicated public support, which will be in the statement that will go to members tomorrow. And what is it you like about Andy in particular? You know, obviously he's gunning for the leadership role. Um, is something about his personality, his temperament, and, and how do you think it diverges from uh, Peter's appeal? What, what I see, what I see in Andy, um, you need a range of skills to be an effective leader of an AFL footy club. Um, you know, there there are the obvious things that that everyone knows. You know, he's a premiership player. He was a director at our club um, during the, the the last golden era for, for us in terms of premierships. Um, but he was also uh, a player at Brisbane as they were heading towards their period of success. He's had success in other sporting organisations. He's a successful business person. So there's all those obvious things that, that people see and know about Andy. Um, but he's also he's also incredibly passionate about the club and I think he's going to be uh, a critical unifying figure uh, in bringing the club together and reconnecting uh, to our membership base. He's um, you know, I, I think he ticks all of those boxes. Um, I, I sat down with both Ian and and Peter, and and Peter's a nice guy. I had a had a really nice coffee with him um, a few months ago in Parliament. Um, the, the one thing that concerns me about Peter is he said to me um, quite openly um, that he sees himself as a transitional leader, and I just think where where the club is right now, that's that's exactly not the type of leader that the club needs. Um, he's been Jeff Kennett's vice president for the last five years. Um, I think we need, I think we need a fresh approach for the board. And uh, Peter's a nice guy. I like him, um, but I think Andy is the stronger candidate. And I've been really, really strong uh, in terms of the individuals involved that are putting their hands up, not to personally reflect on any of them. Um, because I think everyone, every, everyone comes here with the right, uh, with the right motivations. We all love the club, and we all want to see the club get um, stronger and better. Um, so it's not a personal thing. I just think the attributes that Andy has um, will uh, best be able to bring the club together. Yeah, Andy's um, definitely emphasised working on unity in the board. Um, do you think it'll be an issue with? The candidates um, handpicked by Jeff Kennett and, and those being newly elected, 
um, going forward? Do you think it'll be hard to manage if either of the presidential candidates are elected? No, I, 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 my, my strong view and my experience is that um, nothing's inevitable. Um, if people come with the right um, motivation post the election, um, look, it's a contest. An election is a contest. There's different ideas. There's different thoughts about what's going right and what needs improving. Um, but post the election, um, you know, my, my commitment is that I will work as constructively and positively uh, with the new candidates that may, that may get elected and with the existing board members. Um, it's, it's really a personal decision. And I had a really good chat with, um, with Ian Dicker and he talked about um, the, the first board meetings post the merger fight, which was, you know, much more emotional, much more with that stuff. Are there, are there minutes of that, James, or be <laughs> a hell of a read? <laughs> I, I, I don't know, but if, if, they, if there are, they would be, you know, it would be extraordinary to read. And um, that, that board came, came back together um, for every, you know, everyone working towards uh, what is best for the Hawthorne Football Club. And uh, that's, that's my intention. I know it's Andy's intention. And there are great people on the board right now, and there's great people working at the club you know there's there are these these red flags that have have that i've identified that i want to help fix but it doesn't mean the club's a bad place we've done a there have been a lot of fantastic decisions that the club has made in recent years i love the fact that we're divesting out of out of pokies um you know i think that is fantastic so there are a lot of good things that the club is doing the kennedy community center um, will be a brilliant facility if we get it right uh, for the next 50 years of this football club. So uh, there's just a few things that I'm concerned about and and I want to get in and, and help and, and work with the remaining board members, the existing board members and with the new ones. Yeah, it's an interesting position to, to be in because there is, as you say, there, there is some alignment between the two camps. Uh, although in the last couple of days on the eve of the vote, there's there's some outspokenness on both sides now as well as they really pitch their case and, and state their case to the members. I feel the part that no one is really saying out loud is that this election appears to be contested between people with a Liberal affiliation and people with a Labor affiliation. I wonder how you respond to the suggestion that this battle for Hawthorne's board and the presidency might have a bit to do with politics. Um, Nick, it's, it's a fair question to ask because I'm just leaving, you know, Parliament after 20 years and I'm, I've been a Labor minister in a, in a Labor government, so it's a fair question. Um, but I want to respond a couple of ways. One, you know, the truth about football clubs and the beauty about football clubs is uh, everything else is set aside. Your politics, your gender, your religion, your sexuality, it's all set aside and you come together because you love the club. Um, and and that, it, that has been my, my experience. In terms, of, um, in terms of those that are putting their hands up, um, the candidates that Hawks for Change are supporting, for example, I'm sure Andy won't mind me saying this, Nick. I'm, I'm Labor. Andy is, is Liberal. Liberal member, handed, handed out for Jeff Frydenberg. You know, our politics, Andy and myself, uh, is very different. Uh, but we do share... Um, we do have shared values when it comes to the priorities that we see for the Hawthorne Football Club. So 
Um, I, I do disagree with you on on the point you've made. It's it's not a it's, this is not a partisan contest. Um, Andy and I come from either sides of the fence, but um, I'm supporting his candidacy for president, and he's supporting my candidacy for uh, for the board as a director. I think that'll be useful for a lot of people to hear. I actually attended the um, Hawks for Change rally last night, just due diligence of, you know, getting research up and getting prepared for this chat. And it did seem that uh, amongst the members there, they don't want politics to be involved either. I think there's an even-handedness that people may not have expected until you just said it. Yeah, and that's um, that's why I said I'm sure Andy won't mind because that's that's the truth of the matter. Um, we, we do come from either sides of the fence, um, but we we see similar problems with the club, and and we see similar solutions, and that's why we're um, supporting each other. Now the uh, the Kennedy Community Centre was announced being uh, ready midway through 2024, which sounds incredible, but they're still looking for the 15 million from the state government. James, can uh, can we get you to sign off on that before you leave Parliament? Or... <laughs> Well, what I, what I can do, and this is and this is where you put um, you put politics aside. But what I do bring to the table is an, an understanding of how governments work, not just state government, but local government and federal government as well, um, and and how you can pro- proactively, constructively, maturely engage with government to get the outcome that you want. Um, just just quickly for your listeners, in terms of the fifteen mil for the Kennedy Centre from the state. So the, uh, the Hawthorne Footy Club, that, that was their request of the state government. Uh, there was a bunch of other AFL and AFLW projects also being considered as in the budget. It's gone through a budget process. Like the case with many, many projects through budget, funding is then put into contingency. Uh, contingency sorry, and, uh, and that allows for some engagement between the department and the clubs. So that's where, that's where that project is at the moment, and that is quite normal. Um, where I think the club has fallen down in recent years is the ability of the board to engage effectively with government, whatever, whatever level of government and whatever colour of government, um, but particularly at a state level. Um, you know, the, the approach of, of Jeff Kennett and in terms of engaging with the government is, is not constructive. And my, my commitment, and I know Andy's commitment, um, if he's supported as president, is that we'll work effectively with the state government, secure that $15 million, because that, that $15 million is really, really important. Um, the club was out today talking about signing the, the contract to construct the Kennedy Community Centre. Um, but at the moment, that's the funding that they've got only delivers a uh, solely the football components of the community centre. Um, all the other elements of member engagement, local clubs, local school groups, all that, all those community-related activities that really is going to be the lifeblood of the Kennedy Community Centre. It's in the name. Um, needs that 15 million from the state. So, uh, if I'm elected, there'll be a there'll be different engagement um, with, with the government. And, and that would be whoever wins the state election in a week and a half's time, there'll be different engagement with the government. And, and I can help. 
Let's set politics aside for a moment and consider the following things. I want to bring this up. Um, Hawks for Change stated that the process for Kennett's succession plan was, quote, flawed, failed and wrong. Uh, and a lack of transparency around the deadline for nominations has been criticised. We've already raised that in this interview. Um, along with the opportunity at this late stage to purchase memberships and potentially influence the, the vote, all in all, there appears to be a mounting suggestion from the Hawks for Change camp that the other side might be playing dirty. Now, is that the position? Um, well, there's, there's been concerns um, raised, Nick, and, and I'll, I'll give you an example. You can purchase a $50 membership um, that doesn't provide you um, access to any games, but it does provide you with a full vote in, in, the, um, in the election for the board. Um, I wrote, I wrote to Nick Holland, great Hawthorne legend, now works at the club, um, just seeking some reassurance um, that they're on top of this issue and that there hasn't been any, you know, significant spikes in membership that may point to um, a stacking of the vote. And and Nick has given me has given me that assurance that there hasn't been a spike in memberships. So it's really a concern that what could possibly go wrong and mean that it's not. A fair election. What do you feel the Hawthorne members want from their board? You know, how can they get more value out of their membership? I know the KCC will be a great venue, um, but are there other things that you think um, the members should enjoy? Yeah, there's there's a whole range of things that that I'm thinking about um, that that really go to this issue of. You know, we want we want Hawthorne to be a member focused club, and and that means different members want different things out of the club. You know, uh, whether that's um, whether that's having a look at Glen Ferry Oval, which is in a terrible state at the moment. It's quite sad when you when you visit that. You know, our spiritual home. Um, what can we do at Glen Ferry? Can we have you know family days and member engagement at at Glen Ferry? Then it's about um, harnessing harnessing the skills and the talents of the tens of thousands of members that we've got that they can get more involved in the club, um, whether that's volunteering, whether that's um, getting highly skilled people in particular areas more involved in the club to, uh, to support the club. Um, so those are, the, those are the things I'm thinking around, uh, around our membership base um, and the Kennedy Community Centre is going to be critical to that. Um, you know, we want it. We want it to be more than solely a football facility. As important as that is, to give to get the very best elite facilities for our men's and women's teams. How can we make that facility um, a hub? A, you know, a, the heartbeat of the Hawthorne Football Club uh, in the 21st century. Um, so there are all those sorts of issues. Um, I've said to a number of people that are, you know that may be upset that there's a contest and there's a, um, which at times can be quite difficult um, for, for individuals and people are saying, well, you know, can't we, can't we just solve these issues um, behind closed doors and not have an election, not have a public contest? I did say that to Nick and I also said, can't we just make the board a little bit bigger? You know? <laughs> what's, the, what's the difference? Well, my, my response to that is, you know, it's a, it's a healthy thing when more people put their hand up for positions that are available. That means people love the club and they want to get involved in the club. At the moment, um, the club 
wants to avoid that, like desperately wants to avoid it. How else can you explain the fact that no no ordinary member, um, including myself, had any idea about the close of nominations? Um, so I, I want to see a club that encourages participation at whatever at whatever level um, a member wants to be involved in the club. I, I know it's a I know it's a poor timing thing probably, but to have all the female candidates up at the same moment. Um, and also an issue with the portfolios that are allocated on the board and, and perhaps not having a medical or a finance expert at the end of this process. I think that concerns a lot of members. Yeah, I reckon, um, and, and I spoke about this, I spoke about this last night and, you know, my, my values, I've, I've come from a cabinet, which is uh, 50-50 gender split. And, and we've made that, uh, we've made that policy for government boards and it is powerful and it is transformational. And, you know, that's that's where we need to get to as a club. Um, unfortunately, the fact that no one knew about the close of nominations meant that the field is only five when we could have had many, many more. Um, we had Maria go through, Maria Louie, um, go through uh, the nominations committee process, which was something that... Hawks for Change was successful in getting last year, um, so I'm supporting Maria. But Katie, Katie and Anne Marie are also um, board members and great candidates. Uh, I, I just put I just put back to you. I I agree with you in terms of that concern about gender. Um, but the club the club itself, the board itself, made a decision to roll over the term of a male director and put two female directors up for election. So what, what, I'd, what I'd like to see post-election is a long-term commitment um, to, to get to 50-50 gender split. And secondly, I think there does need to be um, a, a, a review of everyone on the board and the skills mix on the board and making sure that we've got the right skills mix going, going into the future. Because this, this is a really critical time uh, for the future of the Hawthorne Football Club, the um, uh, divesting out of pokies, um, hopefully a Tasmanian team coming into the competition. Um, these are two really positive things, but it does it does present a great challenge for the club in terms of long term revenue. So you've got the cost of the you've got the cost of the community centre, and you've got the challenge of long term sustainable of you know revenue coming into the club, uh, we need to make sure we've got the best people um, around that table and, and not just around the board table, but working groups, subcommittees, to make sure that we've got that expertise coming in. James, today's announcement about Dingley, when those notifications came through uh, via Twitter, I have alerts on, of course, uh, that was great. That was really exciting. But it reminded me of a conversation I had with Tiz a few weeks back, which was... Um, it kind of makes me nervous to receive those notifications these days. It's been a, a very significant and at times tumultuous 12 months. And I think members would like to usher in a new era where they could be relaxed when they, when they see these notifications. How quickly can we turn this around? We seem to be a club that's in the news for all the wrong reasons lately. Um, are, are you passionate about how quickly we can turn this? Yeah, I, I think, I think um, new leadership... Um, a different approach and a united board, and, and I'm committed to that. Like, 
Um, there will be a mix of people, both um, supportive of change and, 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 and people who are status quo. Um, bringing everyone together in, in a united way, you can, you can quickly change um, the way your club is viewed internally by its own members and also externally by the broader community. You can turn it around quickly. I think one of the one of the first uh, one of the first hurdles to show that is how the club responds to the AFL independent investigation. So um, when that report is finalised, um, its findings, its recommendations. Uh, my my view is that it, it needs to be transparent, and this is part of engaging and trusting the membership of the club. Um, transparent, immediate, compassionate to everyone involved, the Indigenous players, their families, um, Alistair Clarkson, Chris Fagan, all the individuals involved. Um, and it needs to, it needs to uh, initiate some long-term change, not just within the Hawthorne Footy Club, uh, but within the entirety of the AFL. So I, I think that um, that will be an important sign in terms of... Um, uh, a transformation of the club, but but in terms of um, in terms of engaging members, members feeling a greater part, more involved in the football club, we can do that really quickly. Now, one final thing as we we look to wrap up, uh, as we're chatting to you, we are on the eve of voting opening. As people will be listening to this, they will have their opportunity to have their say and vote in the board or board members and uh, and a new president. You've got this platform now. We're going to open it up to you to make your final pitch to members. Yeah, thanks, Nick, and thanks for the um, the opportunity. Uh, I'm a lifelong supporter and lover of the club. My family is. It, it was an important part of my my family's migrant story and connecting to this country. Um, it means so much to me. Uh, 29-year member. I come to you now after a 20-year parliamentary career in, as a senior minister, I've got the experience in government um, to help deliver the Kennedy Community Centre and make it everything, um, everything that we hope it to be in terms of uh, setting this club up for, for this century and engaging with its members. Um, I'm also passionate about diversity, uh, gender and supporting and engaging with First Nations people including having an Indigenous representation on the board. Uh, I want to unite the board, help Andy unite the board, and we want to bring change for the club. There's a lot of great things that are happening, a lot of great people at the club, um, but there are a few significant problems with the club that we need to address. And with your support, we'll be able to do that. James, we want to thank you for your time today. Uh, thank you so much for uh, joining us on the Hawk Talk podcast, and best of luck. Thanks very much, Nick. Thanks, Tiz. Well, I didn't hear an indicator that entire chat, mate. Well, that's because he's all about driving the club forwards, Tiz. Oh, there we go. <laughs> that is poor. That is mediocre at best from us. But anyway, we do thank James for giving up his time and uh, very much appreciate the chat. Some insight into uh, his vision for the Hawthorne Football Club as he looks to make the board. Gee, it's, a, it's a talented field, isn't it, really, as, as we come to consider our decision. We've spoken to some of the leading lights of of who's looking to lead Hawthorne into this pivotal moment of the Kennedy Community Centre and 
we must be the envy of a lot of AFL clubs to be attracting this kind of pool of talent. Part of the problem here for members is we're a little bit spoiled for choice, as you're kind of inferring, because everyone is so passionate and so supportive of this club. We all want what's best for the brown and gold, but there might be slightly differing ideas and, and attitudes and temperaments in terms of how to get there. So, uh, I mean, what a time. What a time for the club. And yet consensus on a lot of issues as well. Well, that's another interview in the can, and uh, we do need to wrap up this episode of the Hawk Talk podcast. Some social media plugs first, though. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, we'd very much appreciate it if you could take the time to uh, leave a rating or a review. It really helps put our name up in lights, basically, to other Hawthorne fans and attract them to the show. So thanks for doing that. Uh, We're on Twitter as well, twitter.com slash hawktalkpod. Twitter's going to be a hive of activity very soon soon with our uh, live Hawk Talk back editions, live as the draft is happening, draft nights one and two, a bit more on that in due course, but twitter.com slash Pod is the place to go facebook.com slash Pod. yes we are over on Facebook and Instagram as well, we've got merch up on Redbubble but of course we need to thank our uh, Patreon subscribers, our proud, passionate and paid up subscribers who really help make this show what it is, they support us to put time into this week after week, even in the off season when uh, we thought we were going to have a little bit of a rest, but there's the election to cover, there's the draft, and then Fergus Green joins the club, and there's always something happening at Hawthorne. Uh, anyway, that'll do us for this episode, mate. Patreon.com slash Pod, by the way, if you do want to subscribe. And uh, we'll see you live on Twitter for the for the draft nights. It's going to be a lot of fun. There is that. Of course, we do have one episode before that, before we get there. That's our draft preview. So we're going to... Yeah, that's where we forecast and get everything wrong and then have to scramble on the actual night. It's fabulous. <laughs> I, I really enjoy it. Ah, uh, look, you know, we'll have our best guesses. Uh, we, we do this every single year. We'll have a look through at some of the prospects and, you know, we'll pluck out some of our favourites and, and who we might want to see at Hawthorne, whether they actually end up there. Uh, I guess we'll see on the night. But yes, our draft preview to come and then live on draft nights one and two. Uh, It's a big off-season, mate. Yeah, no more long-haired selections from you, please, Nick. (laughs) That's where I fall down, huh? All right, duly noted. We look forward to that. We are a happy team at Hawthorne.